Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Our guest today is Violet de Ayala. Violet is a Cuban American serial entrepreneur, best selling author, the founder of Fem City, a former certified personal trainer and Pilates instructor, and an over 50 lifestyle and wellness influencer. Violet is a pragmatic storyteller who weaves her successes as a female entrepreneur and mother of three, her past fears and her challenges into life lessons through personal anecdotes. She has been quoted in Success, Forbes, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Entrepreneur, Marie Claire, and a variety of other top-tier media. Additionally, Violet's book, The Self-Guided Guru, Lessons for Everyday Humans, is a self-help book bestseller. Violet de Ayala, welcome. We are so happy to have you here on the Fem Factor podcast with us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. We're just so happy to have you here and cannot wait to learn more about you and all the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. I'm excited to share. A little bit of backstory. I met Violet when I found out about her incredible networking community, Fem City, which is a global network of women. And I have to say, after being in it for almost two years at this point, it is a group of some of the most supportive and incredible women. I leave every single networking meeting just smiling and making new friends. And that's that's really challenging, I think, to create in a virtual setting because we don't have a local chapter here where I am in Phoenix. So I'm a virtual member, but I, I feel like I've met so many of the women inside. So I just wanted to share for those of you listening who might always have your eye out for an incredible community, uh, Violet's is definitely it. And just so excited that you're here and I love being part of it. Thank you. I almost cry uh, when people, <laughs> that means so much to me. Uh, just thank you. I can't, when I'm on Facebook, sometimes I see some of our members like connecting and I know that they met through Fem City and I know that they're in other cities around the world. And when I see like all the comments generally from like Fem City members, it makes me so happy because I'm like, wow, they just joined and look at all the support they're getting. And it's usually like personal stuff, like a, pu a puppy picture or like a new cat or, you know, they're on vacation or, and um, I just feel like it's just so beautiful to see all these women coming together and just cheering each other on, just like loving on each other and just like wanting the success of, of each one, you know, just like, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, thank you so much for sharing that. It leaves me a little speechless. I would love to, I would love for you to share a little bit more just about your story, uh, especially in starting to build this Fem City community. Do you think that's something that you always knew you wanted to do? Did that kind of evolve out of some of your other entrepreneurial career pursuits in life? So I would love to hear more of kind of the backstory of how you decided to start this incredible community. 
Yeah. So it's probably going to be something that no one expects, but I remember the first time looking for community. It must've been 1990. If my son was born in 1994, must've been like 1995 ish. I had just gotten my personal training certification and I was looking to start personal training and I had this young baby boy and I didn't want to put him in daycare full-time, meaning from like 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. And so I was like, I'm just going to do personal training and I'll just go to the client's home and that way I can just work around my husband's schedule. So I remember looking at this before internet, web, <laughs> I think it was like a phone book. I looked in the phone book for a networking group and I couldn't find one, but I did find the SBA and I found the score. So I reached out to them and they connected me with a mentor and he wasn't the best mentor. Like I, I don't remember learning anything from him at all, but I know that he did reach out a couple of times and we chatted. And, um, when I started my Pilates studio a couple of years later, I again, reached out to see if I could find a community of women. And I did, I found a group called chicks and biz in Raleigh, North Carolina. And this group was led by Elizabeth Galecki. She's a photographer. I think she recently moved to the Midwest area and it was just the most amazing experience ever. It was very casual. It was not very structured at all. So we would meet at her house. She had this fabulous house. She was a photographer. So like her whole house was like Instagram worthy. I'm talking like, you know, in the two thousands and we just bring a dish and we would talk about, you know, what we had going on. We would share who we were. And I really think the success of my Pilates studio was mainly because of this group. And so when I moved back home to Miami in 2007, I closed or liquidated my Pilates studio, which is a whole other business conversation and lesson there. But I moved to Miami and started working at the Four Seasons doing their marketing PR. And I started looking for networking groups. And, and at the time, the Four Seasons wanted me to partner up with other luxury brands. So um, they were looking for me to go out and they were paying for every single event that I attended, whether it was like a hundred dollars, a ticket, or if it was you know, $50, I went to all sorts of networking events in Miami. And even though they're fantastic and wonderful, Miami knows, I mean, Mar Miami's a party town, right? Everyone knows that. So they're all beautiful events, but I always left feeling depleted. And I would spend time telling my friends, you should totally start a women's group. Like it would be amazing. Like if you could start a women's group, like I, what I belong to in Raleigh it would be amazing. And so I spent time doing that. And finally, one day I was sitting, I had, I had found a women's networking group and I was sitting at the lunch. It was like a hundred dollars ticket, which is already really crazy for lunch talking so many years ago. And, um, it was a male dentist as the speaker. And I have two female dentist friends. And I thought to myself for a female networking group, to have a male dentist, I felt like it was a slap in the face. Like, why couldn't my friends be there? You know, they should totally be supported. It's, it's already such a challenging world to be a woman with so many things we have to go through. And then like on top of that, so I, I quit. And that's when I started from city. I was like, that's it. You know, I'm going to just invite a couple friends. And, it, and I always envisioned it to be like chicks and biz, which was a very small group of like 20, maybe 22 women. So I always envisioned it to be very small. So that was the intention when I started it. It was just to be in Miami. We'd meet once a month, uh, you know, for lunch. And we'd just share and kind of help each other out. And it wasn't until the second event that we had 60 women that showed up. And then a couple months later, I started having women from around the world because of Facebook asking for from sitting in their backyard. That was in 2008, 2009. So uh, yeah, my intention, I never saw myself in this space. I had gone on my own. I had a thriving PR agency working with environmental initiatives. Um, I was thinking about getting recertified in Pilates to teach, you know, here I had kind of made my, I 
lapsed my certification. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get recertified and open a studio here in Miami. Never envisioned myself to be doing this ever, especially we're celebrating 14 years. I can't believe I've been doing this for 14 years. Never, 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 never thought it would happen like this ever. That is incredible. First of all, congratulations on 14 years. Um, and I love hearing stories and we hear these so often about either people create things out of passion or they create things out of being passionately pissed off at something, which sounds like, you know, you see this guy up there. It's a women's networking event. And how many times have all of us been at events that are women or female based? And yet there's always the dude that, you know, sneaks in or no one realizes like there's so many more women that could have filled this space. And so I just love Brava that you, you know, took that and were like, good, this is what I see. There's a gap and I'm going to fill that with something incredible. Are there other things that you've done in that way also? Uh, with like snapping and like, just being like, that's it. Well, not snapping. See, I don't see it as snapping. I see it as like a revelation and like, oh, this is oh, like, yeah, <laughs> but so, you can call um, it snapping if you want. <laughs> snapping me like that's it I'm over it um I've had a series of snapping moments um aha moments so when I started Femme City I never envisioned it to be out outside of Miami so uh when people started asking me for Femme City they were like who do I talk to like I see you at this event it looks like so much fun like who do I talk to I was like that would be me and like why would you want it to be in your community we're just had we're just getting together for lunch like it's not a big deal like any you could get together with lunch with friends like it's not a big deal I think my first aha moment in that space was having people ask and then kind of like the universe banging me over the head and saying it like 10 times so it wasn't just one person saying it it was like 10 people and then going to that second event and seeing 60 women and just hearing the voices of like them chattering and connecting and looking around the room and seeing women of all different color skin, all different ages, weight, height. It was just so beautiful to see like all these women that normally would have probably never met. They're all coming together. So that was another aha moment of just like really falling in love with the sound, that murmur of conversation. And then having someone come up to me and say, I think you're being selfish for not starting Femme City in another city. And I'd love to be the president that launches that. So, you know, there, there have been a series of aha moments that have kind of created my path. And I, I'm just a huge believer that when you hear that murmur get louder and louder, it's, it's like you have to take part in that path and that journey. So everything's been blind. Everything's been kind of foolish. You know, I started Femme City. I didn't have a business model. I didn't even know how it was going to be monetized. I didn't know how I was going to support myself. I, I closed my PR agency. I had all these amazing clients started wrapping that up. I was like, I'm moving on. I'm doing something else. You know, I'm getting called uh, to go in another direction. So, you know, all these lessons that I've learned, but I think the secret for Femme City has been that I've always just listened to what people are asking of me. And then once I hear it one or two times, I feel like, okay, that's a message for me to move forward in that direction. Uh, let me go ahead and start turning the wheels in there and then asking for that reconfirmation. So once I get into that space, like constantly looking to see, is this the path to go? And, and as soon as I ask that, someone will reach out and say, hey, I love that you did this. I can't wait for you to do more. So it, it, the whole, my whole life, the last, I didn't say like, I think that I've always kind of lived life like that. Always just kind of going with the direction I feel my intuition's pulling me and where I feel like the universe wants me to be. 
I think that is such a great insight because so many times we can get a little too caught up in the way we think things should look like, oh, I'm going to structure something this way. It has to work. I'm going to try everything I can to fit it in this box and kind of being in that very strategy, more masculine approach to things versus like you said, paying attention to your intuition, being open to receiving what others are asking for and listening to what they want and letting that help guide the growth of you know, your business, your network, whatever that may be, which has obviously been massively successful for you. I, I, I know you have over 50 chapters. I don't remember the actual number now, but two years later, I'm still trying to meet all of the women just in the globals, let alone Fem City right. as a whole. So it's a, a massive, massive network that I think really, I, I think the fact that you you do allow your intuition to lead you is what draws so many women to it because it really is a special community. Sometimes you go to networking events and it feels just kind of like a round robin, pitch yourself, exchange cards and go. And it really in inside of your community, it's, it's almost like the, sometimes the business part comes second. Like it's really just about connecting with each other on a deep level. How can we support you? Whether that is in your business or a mental block or a mindset shift or cheering us on, which is a really, I think, beautiful aspect of this community that you have created. Thank you. And all of those pieces. So even, um, and thank you again for saying all that. I just, my heart just smiles so much. Even with, you know, in 2009, 2010, like Google reached out to us and they were like, we'd love to teach classes for your members. And I was like, okay, I mean, what am I going to, that sounds great. I don't even know what that is, but okay, let's do it. So even in that space, you're like listening moving forward. And then, uh, our members loved it. And then Yelp was like, Hey, you know, we'd love to teach classes to your members about how to get on Yelp and how to deal with negative reviews. So I was like, okay. You know, like, so everything has been, um, kind of with that, that, that feeling of like listening, like having it come through, allowing myself to open up to opportunities and then moving forward and then kind of keeping my ear to the ground to see if it, if it's working, even with, um, you know, we, many months ago, I was at, actually it was last um, small business month. The chamber here asked me to host something with them. So I went and I met someone at the mayor's office and he was like, oh, maybe we can do something together. And I've worked with two different mayors. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, like, all right. Um, he reached out and he was like, would you teach this class for 70,000 residents in Miami? And I was like, sure, what do you need? And he sent me the whole, I mean, it was like 10 classes, it had to be 30 minutes in this one format, 15 minutes. And it was like really, really specific. And I was like, wow, it's going to take me a long time to do this. But you know what? Sure, I'll do it. Like, there's nothing in it for me. I'm like, let's do it. They didn't pay me. So I got global members to teach some of those classes. We did the 10 modules. Come to find, we were the only one that submitted the work. Nobody else, everyone that he reached out to, no one submitted it. So we were the pilot program for the mayor's office. And when they created that program, we were the one that was like, they were, we were featured on stage along with some other universities nearby. So again, it goes to like that point of like, when you have that opportunity, there was no money in my pocket. I didn't know how I was going to win in this. I didn't understand like what's in it for me or like, you know, but I knew uh, it was going to be a good opportunity. And I told the global members because I reached out to the, you know, they wanted specific like experts. So I was able to reach out to our global program and, and pick out the experts that fall into what they were envisioning. And I told them, I'm not getting paid either, but I think there's something really big here. I think we should totally do it. 
And now look, 70,000 people are signing up for that. I mean, that's just, you know, so again, how many other people completely ignored it? I was the only one that fulfilled that need that spent all that time, but how many humans do that every day? And then they're waiting for their manifestation to come through, or they're wondering why they're, you know, not things aren't showing up or the success isn't there. It's because you've missed all these like little pockets where you could have just put yourself in and then amazing things would have sprouted. Oh, what a great, great story. And um, I think that is part of the magic of entrepreneurship or successful entrepreneurship is really listening to those small hits, seeing those small signs, not always knowing if, you know, what the outcome is going to be either financially or impactfulness or whatever, but just feeling into it, which it seems like you did. And then using that opportunity to support other women, you know, like, a but the rising tide lifts all boats. And I just, I love that, that you were able to share that amongst your members and really just, um, highlight everyone. And then it worked out in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And that, that hit me because I was just asked recently to write an article for an online magazine about that reaches their audiences, 50 plus women. And they asked me to write an article on why women in midlife are so much more judgmental than younger women. Hmm. And I, at first was, I, I sat with that because I thought, I don't know if that's true. And of course I didn't want to not write the article, but I, I was able to, you know, look at it from various angles. And I feel that because Laura and I, and it sounds like you also, Violet, we put ourselves in these communities, in these circles in these networks that are actually very supportive and uplifting and kind and caring and not cutthroat and judgmental. I mean, of course we all have get judgmental at times. Um, that's the human experience. However, uh, I was just so thankful to think like, oh, I'm maybe I'm in a little bubble, but I, I I've created this bubble for myself on purpose. And so I just, think, you know, women in midlife, especially right now, it's a very big topic and belonging, community, connection, all of these themes are so important. And I'm wondering if in Femme City, if you're seeing some of that, um, I don't know if, you know, you look more at midlife in some cases, or it's a overall whole holistic group or perspective, but have you been seeing that in any cases? Um, so I'm over, I'm 51. I was saying over 50, but now I'm officially 51. And I don't think the word judgmental would be the word I would use when I look at my circle of friends or even our members that are over 50. I would say discerning. I would say it's more like we know our value and our worth, and we're just a little bit more discerning. Like we're more willing to say no or to walk away or to look at things with a little bit more of a seasoned perspective. But I don't see in our community, I mean, I'm thinking about our members that are over 50. I don't find that there's like a level of judgment. And again, perhaps I'm in a bubble as well. So I don't see that in comparison to those that are 20. I have a 29 year old son and I have a 23 year old daughter. And so thinking about 
their age group and their friends, I would say they are not judging, but they're definitely tougher. They're tougher than I ever was at that age. I think they've lived life a little bit harder. And some people will say, oh, millennials is, I really feel like they've, they've had, you know, they've, there's some things there that we didn't experience at my age that I feel like, you know, it's been tough on them. Um, but I, I don't, I don't feel like my group is like more judging than, than the 20 year olds that I know. And my house is always filled with 20 year olds, like for whatever reason, like we have to, we're like the house where like all the kids are here. So I feel like, uh, I'm not a scientist, but I've got a cute, I've got a little group of data going on. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if that helps. Case study. <laughs> exactly. Like I've got my own focus group here. It's like every Friday or Saturday it's, you know, and then my son will come visit with um, his partner. And then that brings a whole bunch of other humans that are in their late twenties. I think that they're judgmental, but I think there's reason for that. I feel like they're, they're seeing the world a little bit different than, than I did at that age. Discernment was the same word that I was thinking in my head before you said it. I was like, I don't think it's judgmental at all. To me, it's what it could, we're kind of going down a different direction here. But what it brought up for me was, oh my gosh, why is it that every time a woman starts to feel confident in who she is, confident in setting boundaries and not taking crap from anyone, that she has a negative label applied to her? We see it throughout our entire lifespans, right? If she stands up for herself, she's bitchy, something else is going on. To me, labeling that generation as judgmental, at least in terms of the women who I know, and again, of course, maybe I'm in a little happy entrepreneurial bubble too, but I also intentionally placed myself in that bubble. The women I know are are some of the most confident, badass, intelligent, and helpful women I have ever met. And I, I meet women 50 plus all the time through networks like Fem City, like other networks. I'm like, gosh, I really hope I'm like that when I grow up. Like that is really what I want to be doing. You know, what is that 15 years from now when I turn 50? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be curious if you write that, Nicole, um, to see what your take is on that and the, the feedback from it. But I'm, I'm in the same boat with Violet. I think discernment is the word I would have gravitated towards. Yeah, I did write it already. And um, just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, I can't remember if I use the word discernment, but it was more about like setting boundaries. And what do those judgments have to tell us about ourselves? Because some of them were protective. Some of them might tell us like what we're desiring. Some of them might tell us um, where we want to go next, because or maybe we see that same characteristic in ourselves. And so that's what, so it was more about like, it was less about if we're judgmental or not, and more about like, what are these thoughts telling us? And then what questions can we ask ourselves as to where we want to go with them? Because we all just want belonging in the end. Right. And so using judgment to get anywhere, usually unless it's introspective, isn't going to get us very far. And so, so yeah, it was, it was more along those lines, but just how the prompt was put towards to me, I just kind of took me aback because I thought, oh, I'm, I just don't see that or feel that very much towards others. Now, self-judgment, oh, well, you know, we, we could go on all day of me yeah. needing to quiet that that voice for sure. And um, she does get quieted. She gets scolded quite often, but, um, but yeah. 
So it, it, it was just, I, I thought I'm going to just start asking around to see what perspectives, especially I'm 47, I'll be 48, like other women in their late forties and even in their thirties and then, you know, fifties, sixties and beyond. But, but yeah, I, I love hearing everyone's perspective on all of that. And for Fem City, when we start our virtual networking, I always start with, we're going to give without judgment and we're going to receive without judgment. So I think also like, um, I always view as Liv was saying, as you see the world is how you see yourself. So if you're looking for judgmental people, you will find them, but you're also, I feel like you're also judgmental and it could be like self, right? Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. Or there's like self-judgmental, which I think is a huge thing with women across every single age, for sure. Um, that is a, I don't even know how we started and how we got there, but I feel like that's something that, you know, when kids are little, specifically girls, like we, for whatever reason, that self-judgment is, and my son suffers from it too. Um, I've seen him like being really hard on himself. So that's something that I think when you say it like that, totally, I think everyone has that. Yeah, we can, I think as women, we can definitely be tough on each other sometimes, which to me is never helpful because then it kind of just makes it okay for men to do that. But I'm also seeing something really beautiful right now. So I mentioned I'm, I'm 35. So I'm at that age where a lot of my friends are either having little kids or they had kids in their twenties who are now like approaching those tween years. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing some really beautiful shifts in them having those conversations with their young daughters and making sure that they don't kind of pass on what they might've grown up around and with and being really cognizant about the language they're using, about how they speak about themselves when they're, you know, what, when or when not their kids are around. So I think there's some really cool, cool shifts happening there. And there's just all these kind of communities popping up around these concepts of, okay, how can we, how can we stop judging each other for choices, for looks, for whatever it is, and kind of come together with a different approach to life, to raising kids, to to doing life without kids, whatever your choices are, and not passing those judgments back and forth if someone's choices might be different than ours. I really like that. And to me, I think, you know, coming back again to this concept of community, like that's really where the magic happens when we're all trying to do life alone of course, when you see people doing things differently, like it, it's a little bit of a protective mechanism to be like, oh, why am I not doing that? Or why is she doing that? But when you're continually placing yourself in communities with tons of different types of women with all sorts of backgrounds and dreams and goals and life experiences, you kind of start to realize like well, everyone, everyone is just living out their own story. And it's all a bunch of very beautiful, different books, but they're not all the same. And it would be very boring if they were the same. So for me, this all comes back to the importance of community for women, of course, at all ages, but here where we're talking, where a lot of our listeners are kind of in this midlife stage, I think it's especially important because there's all these other shifts happening, right? Like if you had kids, now your kids have kind of left the nest or are leaving the nest. So it's like starting into this, this next season of life careers have often been established like different different place than women who are in their 20s and early 30s and i think sometimes it can feel really lonely if you're not intentionally finding places to meet women in that same era of life yeah so many beautiful things that you shared there you know breaking the cycle and something that steve and i celebrate often my upbringing i've been very open about it uh my mother had mental illness she was a drug addict 
So I grew up with a kind of a, a very, uh, I think more violent, you know, kind of uh, experience than I think when it's average. And then Steve had his own, uh, his parents are great people. He had his own set of things that happened. And so we talk about that often. We broke the cycle. We broke the cycle, like intentionally going out of our way to make sure that we don't repeat the same patterns of what, you know, that I make sure that I'm, maybe that's where I'm like obsessed with my nutrition and my health and like being in shape and, you know, not taking a Tylenol and things like that until I really need it, you know? So um, I think that's such a beautiful thing that you shared of like intentionally, purposely breaking the cycle and using the words. Like I find with my girls, I now say, since they were little, if you decide to get married, right? So it's an option. Or if you decide to have children, you know, my son is uh, gay. He's been with his partner now for almost a year. You know, I'm always like, you know what? You'd be a great dad. But if you choose not to be a dad, that's totally, that's your life, you know, but you'd be great. Don't let society tell you you can't be a dad. You'd be a great one, you know? So really learning from my kids and learning from that generation, like how to be a better human, how to break those cycles, how to use words differently so that everyone feels included. Uh, it's a kind of, it's an evolution every day. It's like, there's something new that we learn from other people. Like, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, we used to, years ago, we used to use the word tribe at Femme City. And then one day I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it really hurts other people. I didn't realize for some people it's this. And so, you know, just Lynn and I constantly like, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's get educated on ways that we can be better humans so that everyone feels included. But those, all those things started, I think from my kids and her kids, where we're like, we want to understand, tell us that we can be better and use better words. Like you were saying with your friends. I think that's just so beautiful. So talking about community and shifts and things happening, what do you see for Femme City or where do you see things going? Are they going to continue as they are? Are you expanding? Um, do you have other exciting things happening that you can share? Obviously, if there's stuff in the in the works or behind the scenes, we don't want to spill the tea, but we would love to know what's where, where Fem City, what, what your dreams and visions of it, um, or what those are. So I'm really excited. So during the pandemic, we had so many members that lost their jobs and had to move to take care of aging parents or they split up with their partner. And so we started a scholarship program during the pandemic. And we've always wanted Femme City to be accessible to every woman around the world. We want it to be that uh, it, it's not a place where, oh, you are you can make it because you make money, but you don't have money, you can't be here. So we never wanted it to be like that. So the scholarship program was definitely something we should have done a long time ago, but we brought it up during the pandemic and we created a nonprofit. And so now we have a FEMC goals program that runs through there and we have a scholarship program. But what I'm really excited about with that is that we are forming partnerships. As an example, there's a, there are a group of women from Iran who live in Albuquerque. And we're really excited that we are sponsoring them. So they are part of our scholarship program. We have mentors on the ground to help these women create businesses and um, just giving them all the tools that they need in order to not only have a community of support, but also have the classes and the mentorship. And then we also have a, an organization in Nepal, which we are now working with as well, where women in Nepal are, you know, we want to help them to go ahead and create thriving businesses and to have like financial literacy and to know how to budget and even like going into like how to be teachers for their kids. 
So that's where FemCity, I feel, um, is starting to really grow. I mean, we're starting to launch more cities now. Uh, since January, we've been like on average launching a city a week. It's been kind of crazy. Um, having the scholarship program, though, has made it so that we are accessible for more women around the world. And that's really exciting for us. We already had a, an organization, Hen India, which was our first international partner. They're wonderful women. They're so bright. They're so smart. They're just like FemCity, but in India. So um, I love the founders over there. We've done a lot of networking with them. But then what, what more can we do? What can we do to serve more women and to make sure that they have the, everything that it takes to create a beautiful business, a beautiful life? Um, so that's one thing. And then, you know, going back into, you know, we have been doing online classes for women for 14 years. I was a teacher before that, obviously with Pilates, but then even before that I taught at a university in Raleigh. So I love teaching and then expanding our initiatives through curriculum, you know, helping organizations and corporations with their, you know, DEIB and their women initiatives so that we can bring this to all women. Many years ago, the woman who was doing my accounting said, um, she said, oh, I went to the bank and the, uh, the teller, she was so, she looked so sad. And then all the women that worked there, they looked so sad. Like, I wish that they could be a part of Fem City. I wish that they could have access. And so, and they, and they're invited to, but they don't feel like they belong because they're not entrepreneurs. They're not female founders. And so making that space open so that all women feel like they belong. So, and, and going back to what Dr. Laura said is that it's the community first, and then the business and the career second, because once you have that relationship and that community, then you are empowered to go after your dreams. Then you're also being vulnerable and asking for help. And then you're seeing other women rise and saying, wow, I can rise too. And they're looking back and saying, come on, let's go, let's do it. So those are some of the things that we're working on quite a bit, but that's what I'm excited about. Those are all really amazing. I can, uh, I can hear the excitement in your voice when you talk about them. And I, what also comes to mind for me that if you wouldn't mind sharing, I'd love to hear. So people who may not be familiar with you with Fem City may be listening and being like, wow, this woman does a lot of stuff. This seems like a lot of plates to juggle, a lot of things mm -hmm. to manage. How does she do this without burning out? How does she caring for herself? So I personally have seen bits and pieces into your health journey, just things that you've shared on social media and everything like that. But how do you care for yourself to make sure that you can continue to show up and create these very intentional spaces for women to come together and network and collaborate and, you know, giving back in so many ways to various communities? Like, how do you, how do you take care of Violet during all of this? Yeah. And, and thank you. And, um, I struggled with this. When I started Fem City, I felt like I had really uh, intense investors and I felt like if I if I wasn't intense all the time, then it would mean that I wasn't serious about it. And that was like that startup vibe, like you drop, you know, you work until you drop dead and that was means you're serious and uh, and I started getting really unhealthy and I started having, you know, high blood pressure and pre-diabetes and just all sorts of other things. And so I really needed to learn how to prioritize myself. And then it also goes into, since I didn't have a mom, uh, like in the traditional sense, you know, I always put my kids first because that's what I thought moms did. Uh, that's what I didn't have. So I should, you know, so I had all these kind of narratives in my mind that were not healthy for me. And I realized that if I put myself first, that I'm able to put other people second and I'm able to serve them and in a happy state and in a wellness state and joyous state that if I'm depleted and if I'm exhausted, if I'm sick, what good am I to the world or to anybody? 
so that was a huge thing. It happened when I was in my forties. I think I turned 40 years old. That was like an aha moment. And even I remember opening up a book from Deepak Chopra. I think it was like seven spiritual laws of success. I was in Madrid, uh, there for my 40th birthday. And the, it, at the time it said, Madrid's a Wi-Fi city. I, there's Wi-Fi everywhere. There was no Wi-Fi in Madrid. And like when I turned 40, there was none. So I was like in the middle of the park trying to, you know, work and I had no Wi-Fi. And I remember picking up his book and it was like, you need to disconnect. That's the power of like, you know, healing and being there for yourself. And I remember even starting to meditate and like going crazy in my mind of all these thoughts because I was sitting still for the first time without anyone around me. So even meditation was hard, but I've gotten, it's been 10 years and I feel like I've got a really good flow of things now. I come first. There's nothing narcissistic about saying that my health comes first. I spend an hour every day doing something I love, whether it's gardening or going to spin class or doing yoga, uh, going to with my trainer, like every day I spend an hour. It's not a lot just an hour to myself. I don't watch TV. I use that time instead. And um, just being very mindful of my sleeping, you know, getting to bed at 930, which people laugh at me when I'm like, I can't, I can't go out for dinner at 730 or eight o'clock because I'm in bed by 930. <laughs> and they're like, wow, like it's a, you know, that's crazy. I'm like, let's just, you know, like I'm up at 6am. So that is definitely been a journey, but I think sleep, dedicating an hour to myself every single day. And also just you know, I've got this insulin thing that I know that you know of just checking my nutrition all the time to making sure I'm, I'm, I'm putting in my body as if it was a God, I'm putting in the best that I can to make sure that I am going to be there for other people the most I can. Yeah. Treating your body as a temple. We love, we love to hear that. And unfortunately so many times it takes getting that to that super unhealthy intense, like you said, stressed out, burnt out, um, point to finally flip the switch and have the aha moments of, Oh no, I have to put myself first in order to, to really pursue my dreams and take care of my family and, and do all the important things. Um, and so thank you for giving so many women and our listeners and us here that, uh, permission slip to continue to do, to do that. So with that in mind, do you have anything, Violet, that you would have loved your younger self? And this could be like little Violet or teenage Violet or Violet starting Femme City, any younger self, um, any one or two things that you would have loved for her to know? I would have loved for her to know to go with what brings you joy and love and don't listen to anybody else. That's what I would have, I would have told myself. I, I tell myself that now I, I find myself like trying to forgive myself for decisions I made back then because I listened to the wrong people when I should have listened to myself. So that's what I would have done. I would have listened and followed with my heart. Yeah. I love that. That's been my personal journey this year is returning to how do I bring more joy into my life, my business. It kept coming up as a theme when I was trying to meditate, which I am by no means an expert at, I still very much have those errant thoughts coming in, in the middle of that, but you give me hope that if I stick with it for 10 years, I will have it down. <laughs> uh, but just figuring out ways of, okay, well, as I, as I create this purposeful impact driven business, how do I bring joy into it more and more? Because I find the more I do that, the better I show up and just generally the, the better results I help clients get. So it is one of those things where it can feel uncomfortable to put 
yourself and your needs first. But by doing that, my my impact is so much greater. So I'm I'm so happy you said that. That resonates so deeply. Uh, thank you so much for your time coming on with us today. This was such a great conversation. I will definitely share more information about Fem City for listeners below. But if listeners are are hearing this and really want to connect with you, where is the best place for them to find you? Instagram is probably the best. It's the it brings me joy. It's all happy pictures over there. So, uh, and I try to post only happy things over there too. I don't think I ever post anything that's not happy. So that would be the best place. With that, your page is a happy place with uh, Georgie and, and the new addition, I, whose yeah. name I'm forgetting. Arthur, that I, I usually he's Georgie here. Georgie and Arthur. But, uh, <laughs> we adopted a Pomeranian. Well, we think he, we thought he was a Pomeranian, but the vet told us last week he's a mix. And so he's like, do you want to do the DNA for $200? I'm like, you know what? We're good. I don't need to find out his hair. Like, you know, <laughs> we love him no matter what. We don't care what he is but they're just hysterical. Yeah. So I think by, as I start becoming an empty nester, Bianca, uh, Margo is going to be a senior now. Uh, these dogs have like, you know, they're just becoming our little, <laughs> I bought raincoats for them, uh, galoshes. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. I've turned into that mom. Ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, I for one can't wait to actually join Fem City. I am not a member, I have to admit, but I will be joining. And I did look and there's no California chapters. So I guess it will be virtual, but maybe, maybe that'll be expanding soon. Um, but thank you, thank you. We appreciate your time and your energy and your commitment to helping this world and women um, you know, live a better life. Thank you. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecesaris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni. Or you can just click on the links in our show notes.